Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the Plus 3 Podcast of Nerdiness. I'm Evan. I'm Derek. And I'm Ryan. And we're here to bring you all things nerdy. We're super excited about today's episode. We're going to be talking about something we've been waiting for for a long time, and that is uh, the Avengers Endgame. So the three of us have all seen the movie, and we have been holding off talking to each other about it so that we could talk to it, talk to, up to each other about it. Uh, on this podcast. So we're really excited about that. Now, obviously, there's going to be spoilers. Uh, we're going to talk about the whole movie. We're going to talk about everything leading up to it and beyond the movie. So like spoilers for Endgame and any other previous Marvel movie. However, we're going to not have any spoilers until we get to the discussion portion. And I will say again, before we get to that, that, okay, from here on out, there's going to be spoilers. So if you haven't seen it yet, stick with us, listen to our updates, listen to the news, and then we'll give you a warning. Uh, you can pause it there, go watch the movie probably right away and then come back and listen to the rest. So, um, yeah, we're super excited about that. Before we get to that, let's go ahead and get into our updates. So, uh, Ryan, what have you been up to since the last episode? Um, I haven't been up to a whole lot. Um, I've been able to keep getting in my weekly game of Keyforge with my mentee. He seems pretty attached to that game um, and really likes playing it, which I'm not going to complain about. Anytime I can get to play some Keyforge, I'm always going to bring that up. Um, and I think um, I think we've kind of landed on set two coming out in June, probably. Um, so I think I might might try and get him like the starter set for set two uh, when nice. that comes out. Yeah, take so, that with him to play. Nice. Yeah, that's a good call. The star set looks cool for that. Sorry to interrupt, but yep. um, I think actually, if I had to guess right now, I would guess May thirty first. That's my May thirty first. Yeah, but you, right, you might be right. It might be June. I'll, I'll pin it May thirty first. All right. <laughs> um, I've been playing more Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I really like this game. I know there's a lot of like I've talked about it. I think the last three pods in a row. Um, but I know there's a lot of fanboys that are upset about certain things and it's not very Assassin's Creedy. I'm fine with it. It's really fun. It has the same general theme. You know, you can deal with it. Um, it's a really fun game. I recommend playing it. I think it's on sale right now for like 20 or 30 bucks. Um, it's worth picking up to play if you enjoy other Assassin's Creed games. And then in the other, um, media is I watched Endgame this weekend, which we'll have our discussion here in a little bit. And I literally just got done in the last half hour watching um, the most recent episode of Game of Thrones. And I'm still trying to process everything that I just <laughs> watched. So <laughs> Understandable. I don't think we're going to be having a discussion on that. I don't know if I'd have time to form any thoughts on that. So, um, Ryan, Ryan oh, did, you, uh, did you forget about a certain Kickstarter that you uh, received? Oh, yeah, I did. Um, I, I haven't learned it yet, so I didn't put it in my updates. Um, but I did receive my Ancient World Kickstarter um, by Ryan Lockett. Um, so I'm going to learn that and hopefully be able to play that here in the next week. And I'll have an, a little bit more of an update next pod. Um, speaking of playing Ancient World, Derek, what have you been up to? Uh, yeah, well, I've been, uh, well, hopefully we're going to play ancient world this weekend. Hopefully uh, that's, that's the hope. 
Um, but first, I uh, I finished reading Secret Empire on Marvel Unlimited, which uh, it had a pretty satisfying end to it. Um, kind of what I expected, but the the journey to get there was a lot of fun. Um, if you don't recall, Secret Empire is the one where uh, Cap is actually uh, a Hydra agent and. Um, yeah, that was interesting. So you're rooting against Cap the whole series. It was weird. That's I don't, weird. It, it was. It was. It's. It was a lot, but it was a really cool uh, crossover event. It had, I mean, tons of tons of heroes in it and everything, all fighting against Cap and Hydra. And certain Avengers have, for whatever reason or whatever circumstance, are on Cap's side and, and supporting Hydra and. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Um, it was a cool cool story. Definitely worth checking out. Um, I finished Archer Danger Island, which is season nine of Archer. Uh, that, it's, I haven't watched in a while. Is that still good? It is. I did not care for season eight, which was like um, what was it? Archer. It was like noir or something. I don't, I don't remember the name. I didn't I didn't care for that one. But this one was a lot of fun. Uh, it's set in like 1938 and it's like a, like a treasure Island type thing. Um, <laughs> it, it was, it was good. It was good. Yeah. Um, and the next season, which comes out at the end of May, I believe is called Archer 1999, but it's not, I mean, it's set in space. It's sci-fi Archer, which is going to be <laughs> a lot of fun. There, there's That's rumor right. that it might be the last season, but they don't really know for sure. But yeah, danger Island was fun. Uh, I finished season four of the magicians uh that wrapped up pretty well for a second i thought they were going to end the show i thought season four was it but then right at the very end they're like oh but wait about this but wait there's more yeah exactly they did and it was a good cliffhanger and they have been renewed for season five i found out so we just don't know when it's coming but uh if you haven't checked out the magicians i cannot stress enough how good of a show it is it starts out very cheesy, very corny, but it really picks up. Stick with it. It's a great show. So question to interrupt. Um, <laughs> is that kind of like Stranger Things in the sense that it, um, like they only have four seasons written for Stranger Things? Is that a thing like they have with Magicians? They only have like four or five seasons written? I'm not sure. They're, well, they're going off of three books, but they do everything out of order in the show like some things from book book three are happening in season one and so on and so forth so at this point they're they're making a lot of stuff up like they're just going with it and i think the like we'll get like when we get to the end it'll it'll all wrap up nicely but uh yeah it's just it's fun it's funny it's weird it's a good time is is he involved in the writing of the show at all uh that i'm not sure about that i'm not sure about sorry he being the author lev grossman sorry yep yep um, but yeah, it's on sci-fi. So you cool. have to check that out. Uh, next up, I got my Kickstarter version of Gentas in the mail. Um, Gentas uh, or Gentas, however you want to play, uh, say it. Um, in, in this game, you are building an ancient civilization in the Mediterranean, uh, which kind of sounds like every other game ever. <laughs> uh, but the, the cool thing about Gentas is it has um, some really neat mechanics that drew me into backing the Kickstarter. Um so it's an action selection game. So you're going to be taking actions to build cities, uh, train, educate your people, and building monuments. So to build monuments uh, and buildings, you're going to need to have a certain number of specific types of people, uh, like priests and soldiers, uh, that type of stuff. Uh, 
But the tricky part is that the priests and the soldiers would share the same track on your player board. So like you would start off with three of each, but there would be six spots on the track. So anytime you train a new soldier, you're going to move it towards the soldiers. So you would have four soldiers, but then you're going to lose a priest. So you have to like, you have to, it's like a give and take. And there are six different type of people. So you're going to have three different tracks that you kind of have to balance to have essentially resources. It's like the, the number of people you have are your resources, um, which is I thought was really neat. Um, and then the other unique thing is so you have uh, you'll, you'll select an action on your turn and you'll take a marker uh, of that action and you'll play you'll put it on your player board. Um, and so your player board has a limited number of slots for each like era. So it's the number of actions you can take. But every time you take an action, it's also going to have an amount of time that the action takes. So if you place the token on your board, you're also going to have to place a number of like hourglass tokens. So if an action takes two time, you're going to place the action and then two hourglass tokens, which is going to cut down on the number of actions that you can take in the era. And so then at the end of the era, uh, you like you take out some of those hourglass tokens, but uh, it, it like all compounds. So if you do actions that take a really long time, it's going to take longer for those hourglass tokens to go away and it's going to limit your actions for future eras, uh, which is really cool and, and kind of thematic too. Like in your ancient civilization, if you want to build, you know, like a huge wonder, yeah, you can do it and it's going to be a huge payoff, but it's also going to be probably the only action you're going to take in this whole era. Um, and so it just sounds like a really big puzzle and a lot of fun, and I'm hoping to learn it, and maybe Ryan and I can get it in this weekend. I don't Hopefully. know. We'll see. We'll Fingers see. Crossed. Yeah, it it sounds like a lot of fun, so I'm pretty pumped about that. Um, I went and saw Endgame, uh, which we will get to later. And then finally, uh, Evan and I got to play uh, a pretty heavy game on Tabletopia called Tricarion. Um, Evan, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Uh, so Tricarion is a... I guess it's primarily a worker placement game would be its genre, but it's uh, it's set in um, like what would the time period be? Kind of like probably like the nineteen twenties. Yeah, type. yeah, yeah. Excuse me. So um, anyway, it's the, kind of think uh, like the prestige of the illusion because that's that's what your the theme is is you're playing as a illusionist like or a magician, not like a mage, like a fantasy mage, but an actual illusionist or magician. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to um, you're trying to train and learn these tricks from uh, from an, another like higher level magician who's retiring and is like because he's retiring he's you're basically trying to compete for who's going to be the next great magician in this town. Uh, so anyway, you're trying to learn tricks and trying to get the materials and prepare the tricks, and then you're going to the theater and you're performing the tricks. And you're, this whole time you're gathering victory points by doing all these things. And after, what was it, five rounds, the person who has the most victory points wins. Um, so I really liked this game. It was, uh, um, I, I feel like I've been in a pretty big worker placement kick right now, uh, lately. And this is one of my favorite ones I've played. Um, I'd say, you know, the last one that Derek and I played was um, Paladins of the West Kingdom. And I think I might have liked this one a little bit better. Um so uh, I don't know, Derek, what did you think of it? I loved it. There was, there was so many layers to the game. So like at its core, it's a worker placement game, right? So you're using your workers to learn tricks and, and gather resources. You have to use your workers to go to the theater also. But once you get to the theater, there's 
a couple different facets of the game. So first, it would be kind of like a tile-laying puzzle game. So once you go to the theater, you have to place tricks into a show. Well, the your tricks are represented by these little... Um, for like little squares basically and each corner is a different school of magic like you have a your magician focuses on a school of magic but they can learn other tricks well in the shows you have to place the squares so that you're trying to link different tricks together and get combos and bonuses that will give you extra points when the show is performed but any but any magician can lay tricks in a specific show it's as if you're like if evan was putting on a show i would be like a featured artist in his show like also doing tricks and helping him make his show better um so there's like that tile laying aspect but then there's also a programming aspect to it too so when you're when you're going to the theater there are four different days that your show could perform on thursday friday saturday and sunday now thursday means that you're going to go first and you're going to get your pick of the shows but you're also going to score less points because the thursday crowd isn't as big now sunday uh, you're going to score uh, more points because there's a bigger crowd, uh, but you're also going to be picking your show last. Um, so it's just kind of a cool, um, like you have to program out. Like once you pick a day, any workers that you place on that, like on in the theater have to go on that same day. So you have to kind of say, oh, I guess I'm going to go for Friday because you know, I, I really want to pick at least second for which show I'm going to put on and make sure I get all my tricks in and, and make sure I score points. Um, but yeah, this this game, there's so much to it. And immediately when we were done playing, all I could think of was, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have done this. And I just want to play it again. I, I we, we really need to teach Ryan this game and get a, a three-person uh, game in because I think, I think it'll be great. I mean, yeah, it would be interesting too with three people to to do that um thursday friday saturday sunday selection because it would be there'd be more competition for the spots and things like that so like i don't think if i remember right and except maybe one round none of us chose thursday because uh you took the minus and it didn't really make sense because we could just you know i mean there's only there's two people for four slots so you kind of work around that but i feel like with three people it'd get more competitive and you'd have to really make that decision like do i want to take these minuses now for something that's probably going to benefit me later or not for sure and i think i think you're going to see you would see a lot more combos in the actual shows themselves because there'd be more tricks being played yeah um and placed but yeah this uh this game is great again it's called tricarion from mind clash games um it's a pretty decent price on amazon um or just check it out on tabletopia i don't know evan was it um was it a premium game or was it a free-to-play game i want to say it was premium for the basic setup to player and then anything beyond that might have been uh premium so so sorry non-premium for a two-player and then premium for as you go up and also um the game the retail version of the game comes with like two basically two different versions there's basically a built-in expansion which derek and i didn't play uh, but i think um if you want to play that like expanded version on tabletopia i think that's also premium which I would love to try the expanded version. It adds a couple more turns. It adds um, more high-powered illusions. Um, yeah, and a it, whole other area you time. can place your workers. Right, right. Yeah. It was a it was a good time. Yeah. I All right. It. Cool. Well, that's uh, that's what I've been up to. How about you, Evan? 
All right. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got together with uh, my wife and I got together with the, this couple we've been playing games with and we played Pandemic and uh, we won, which is always fun. Um, but we were talking about it and we've talked about in the past about starting a Pandemic Legacy campaign. And so I finally ended up ordering Pandemic Legacy Season 1 because I've heard that's the better of the two. And I guess it just makes sense to start in Season 1 anyway. Uh, so we haven't started it yet, but I've read through the rules and I'm really excited to get that one going because everybody always says how amazing it is. So uh, hopefully it lives up to the hype, but I'm really excited about it. Um, then I've also been playing X-Wing quite a bit. Uh like I've said in the past, the the new factions really got me back into it, and I just having a ton of fun. So I got a little bit more plugged into the local scene here. Like I was in a Facebook group with uh, some people, and like I would send out messages and would never get a ton of replies. But eventually, I don't know why it took so long, but finally somebody was like, "Hey, we have this Discord server. We should invite you guys." And I was like, "Yeah, please send me an invite." Um, <laughs> so they did, and like they're way more active than that. So uh, I'm pretty happy about that i think i thought the scene here was was maybe kind of slowing down but it feels like there's still a fairly devoted uh player base so i'm hoping i'll be able to get some more games in um i am excited because i have two there's two tournaments in the nashville area within the next two weeks so i'm going to go to at least one of those maybe both um, and then there's also one down in atlanta it's a fairly big one on the 18th of may and i'm considering doing that but i haven't decided yet um, oh, remember all of us little people when you go on to x-wing fame and fortune yeah, yes I don't, I don't know about that but um there is a really there's so there's this event that i'm thinking about going in atlanta and then the next week there's a, a system open which is basically like a regional tournament also in atlanta and i would want to go to that but it's over memorial day weekend and my wife and i already have plans so i won't be able to but um that one's like streamed and everything. So it, it'd be super fun to compete in one of those. There's actually one at Gen Con too. So I, I might try to, if I end up going to Gen Con, I might try to do that, but we'll see. Um, you better, you better end up at Gen Con. Well, I hope so, but we'll see. But the, the problem with being on the stream is you have to win a few games. Like they always take the top table and I probably wouldn't be on the top table. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. I've also been watching a lot of X-Wing, which sounds kind of weird and boring, but it's pretty exciting. I watched a game the other night that was like, it was like watching a sporting event. Like it, it was coming, going down to the wire and everything. It was super exciting. Um, so yeah, that's what I do with my free time. I watch people play board games. <laughs> hey, that sounds like a good time. Yeah, nothing it wrong was with a, that. It was a good time. Um, let's see. Next up uh, on Saturday, this past Saturday, it was uh, Nashville's tabletop day i think it was supposed to be like international tabletop day or something doesn't geek and sundry kind of lead that whole charge i don't know there's something about how like it got moved or something i don't i don't know what the deal was but anyway yeah, nashville I still. Had, i think it got moved to later in the summer yeah well nashville decided we didn't care and we were going to have ours this week uh so i went to that uh there it was a free event which is great there's 475 people there at its peak i think um wow. yeah awesome. so it, it was cool That's yeah awesome. they had cool. um they had 150 plus games they were giving away uh some of them were play to win so you just if you they had them all to check out and uh you would like leave your license or whatever and check out the game and then you'd sign up all the players that 
were playing with you and everybody that played that game throughout the day was eligible to win it. So that was kind of a cool concept. Uh, there was some pretty hot ticket ones that people were trying to win, such as Root uh, and a few other ones. But um, anyway, I actually only ended up being able to play one game. Um, I went there. I, it, started, it was from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And I went right at 10 a.m. and it was already pretty packed. And uh, so I sat down and started playing a game of Vast, which is by the same people that made Root. It's kind of like the predecessor to it, I guess. And nobody had played it before. It was a so so vast is a one to five player game. We had all five, and it was like nobody really knew each other, and also nobody knew how to play. So we had to get to know each other. We had to get to know the rules. And then vast, like root, is a game where every player um, has a different character that they're playing. So like I played as the knight. Somebody plays as the dragon. Somebody plays as goblin somebody plays as a thief and then somebody actually plays at the cave that everybody else is exploring in which is a really cool concept but anyway each player has different rules and different win conditions so we all had to go through our own rules and try to figure out what the heck was going on um so it took like an hour and a half to start and then the game itself took like three hours so by the time that was done um i had to get going because that was the same day i watched endgame and i didn't want to i wanted to make sure i didn't miss that um, so the only game I played was Vast, but I had a good time. Um, I think if I go next year, or probably when I go next year, I'll do things a little bit differently. Uh, I think I I might volunteer so I can get there early and pick the game that I want. Like Vast was fun, and I didn't have a problem with playing it, but I, if I was only going to play one, I really wanted to play Root, and I didn't get a chance to. But um, and I, it was, I don't know. I guess there's probably not much getting around to like having to play with people you don't know, which is fine, but it would be nice to have like one person that you know to go with. I don't know if I'll have that option. We'll see. Um, but then also the other thing I would maybe do different is try to find a game that somebody has already knows how to play just to get going a little bit faster. Um, but overall, it was still really fun. Uh, I had a good time. And I, I want to play that game with you guys sometime. I think that, that like our group could have a good time playing that game. Which character won? The Goblin. And I, oh man and i was the knight so that means i died the problem was and we found out the goblin was playing wrong and that's the other thing about these type of games too is that like if somebody's playing wrong it can really screw up the balance and so like he was playing like basically the goblin is supposed to be doing like hit and run tactics on the knight he's trying to kill the knight to win and like so so the uh the cave is um you slowly uncover the cave as you go it's taught you're laying tiles or specifically if there's a cave player they're laying the tiles and then the knight is exploring them so it, like there's a dark side and then when he explores them you flip it to the explored side and there's usually like an event or something that triggers when he does that so the goblins are like their whole thing is they move through the dark tiles and the knights can't really go through there unless they like spend an action or whatever um, so anyway, what he was, he was playing to where he could like place his goblins and then charge me in the same turn, but you're supposed to like place your goblins. And then the next turn is when you can move them. And so it was like super OP because he would, he would put his guys on the board, attack me and then scatter. And I couldn't defend myself. And like the dragon is supposed to be the balance of that too. Cause the dragon gets points for killing goblins and he couldn't catch him either. And we found out like an hour into the game. So we were just like, uh, I don't want to start over. So like, they just gave me some health back but it didn't really balance it out in the end. So it is what it is. Um, so finally, uh, I have also been keeping up with Game of Thrones. I I don't know. I uh, 
my opinion on Game of Thrones is that it's not it hasn't been as good since they ran out that since they caught up and passed the books and this season is basically cementing that thought um, but we won't get into that this isn't really a Game of Thrones discussion so uh, I don't know I'll keep watching I'm excited to see the end and how it concludes but uh, I'm not I haven't been super impressed with the season so far I guess would be my short little blurb on that so anyway that is all I've got so I think uh, we're probably ready for some news. Derek, you want to lead us in the news? Yeah, let's dive right in. Uh, so first up, uh, Warhammer Age of Sigmar Champions is now on Switch. Uh, so Champions is a TCG set in the Warhammer world. Uh, but the cool thing is you can buy starter sets or booster packs to play in person, but then you can also scan those cards and they'll transfer into the digital game, which is pretty nice. Uh, the game will also include the switch version will also include a single player adventure mode. Um, if you're more of like a solo gamer, but you still want the TCG style of game. Uh, it's also available on Google play iOS and steam. Um, I've heard good, good things about this TCG. Um, I really love the idea of Warhammer, the lore of Warhammer, but I've never gotten into it. Um, this seems like a pretty like good intro style um, for somebody to jump in. Um, and speaking of that, uh, Warhammer Underworlds is also getting a video game version uh, with Warhammer Underworlds Online. So this is where, if I'm, if I'm going to jump into Warhammer, if we're going to be honest, this is what I'm going to get into, um, Warhammer Underworlds. So it's, kind of, it's like a, a war game slash board game hybrid. Um, so you're battling sm like small squads. Uh, it's a tactical battle, and you use a lot of deck building elements. So they really bring like the board game aspect into it. Um, so this would be a digital version. Um, there's no release date uh, yet, but they're hoping to put out an early access version on Steam later this year. So keep your eyes posted for that. That is uh, Warhammer Underworlds Online. Um, sticking with the uh, digital board game theme, it was announced that Charterstone is getting a digital version in early 2020. Uh, this is pretty big news for me because uh, I've always wanted to play Charterstone, but I don't really have a regular game group um, to get like that legacy style game in. Um, Charterstone is a game from Stonemaier Games. Uh, it's a worker placement game where you play through every time you play through a game, you're going to add more spaces to place your workers and more mechanics, that type of thing. And you're building this uh, this city. Um, it's a pretty cool concept. Uh, it's going to be releasing for Steam, Switch, iOS, and Google Play. Um, have you guys heard anything about Charterstone? Is the digital version of any interest to you? I haven't heard anything about it, but I'd try it. I've seen it around. It feels like it's getting some hype. So, uh, yeah, I'd try it too. Is this going to be a straight conversion? Uh, I think so. Um, I don't remember who was doing it, but they've done... Um, gosh, they had done a couple games. They, they did the Istanbul, um, digital version, which I've heard really good things about too. So hmm. I think it's going to be probably a straight port. Um, that could be cool on switch, uh, just because it's a worker placement and it feels like, uh, you know, kind of a, like you could take a turn, walk away from it, take a turn. Um, yeah, could be kind of cool. Yeah. I'd give it a try. All right. Well, next up, uh, Simon has announced God of War, the card game. Um, so they didn't announce a whole lot about the game, just that they were making it. Um, it sounds like players are going to take control of characters from the game. 
and they're going to try to complete quests and defeat monsters. Um, and it kind of sounds like it's going to be like a semi campaign style. So like where, when you complete a, a quest, um, you're going to get certain benefits and then those are going to carry over into future quests. Um, so like I said, we don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, it's expected to launch in quarter three of this year. So that points for Gen Con. Uh, but yeah, we don't know a price point or anything on it, but um, kind of a cool concept. Uh, Ryan, you really like the God of War games, don't you? Or is that Evan? Um, I haven't played, uh, I think, since God of War 3. Um, oh. I guess I don't know. I mean, that's in college. I, I did play and I really enjoyed them and it was a lot of fun. I, I loved the original games. I haven't played the new like reboot or whatever. I haven't uh, either. One. No, I haven't either. Um, okay. Yeah, the right, last well, I played was uh, the but reboot. I would, but I would try this. I mean, I, I absolutely would try it out if I could. I don't know of a way that I could play it without buying it, but I'd like to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, come to Gen Con. We'll go demo it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a cheap way to try the game, right? That's right. Cheap. Yeah. Super cheap. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, finally, uh, our last piece of news is that Avengers Endgame broke uh, a record. Um, They brought in $350 million domestically on their opening weekend and $1.2 billion worldwide. The record uh, set by Infinity War last year of $650 million. So they basically doubled it. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Just insanity. Insanity. That's, that is insane. So $1.2 billion just in their opening weekend. And uh, yeah, wow. It's a lot. So uh, that will segue us nicely into our discussion. So I'm going to let Evan take over. All right. Well, as I said in the beginning, from this point on, uh, spoilers for Endgame. So if you haven't seen it and you don't want spoilers, stop here. Come back after you've seen it. You should probably go see it pretty soon because it's pretty good. And also, there's probably going to be spoilers everywhere. So anyway, uh, with that said, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, So to start, let's just all go through and kind of give our our thoughts. Uh, So Ryan, you want to start us off? What did you think of Endgame? I really liked it. Um, I don't know. I mean, just my initial reaction, I don't know if I would say it was my favorite Avengers movie. Um, however, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I thought the start of the movie drug just a little bit for me, but once they kind of got into their sequence of events and like acting out kind of all the plans that they came up with, I didn't realize it had been two hours since they had started doing all that. Um, I yeah, oh, man, it was. Um, I would say my biggest takeaway from the movie is um the spidey iron man embrace um during the main the big battle i was on a knife's edge emotionally uh from that point on um and i i about lost it a few times throughout kind of the sequence leading up to the end but i i was appreciative of fat thor i thought he was excellent comedic relief for how heavy of a a movie it was um i what what about you guys what are you guys what's your guys's takeaways i uh well so 
if if we have to have like one one grumpy person, one medium person, one happy person, I would definitely be the happy person. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't have like you guys had a couple issues with with the movie just overall, a couple, and I, I mean I would stress right, right. and no, nothing big, yeah, yeah, no, nothing big. But I just I I thought it was perfect. I I I did not have a single complaint. I loved every, like I loved every minute of it. It was the perfect culmination of eleven years of buildup. Mm-hmm. And 22 movies, I, I just, I thought they nailed it. I thought they nailed, uh, it was just great. Uh, it had it had the comedy, it had the action, it had the perfect ending for characters. It wrapped up all, everyone's story so well. Um, I, I like time travel. I thought that was pretty cool. I know Evan might have some thoughts on time travel. Uh, but I, I just... I, I just loved it. You guys, I loved it. And I'm already like, I want to see it again. I want to see it three more times. And I really think every time, like with infinity war, I was still picking up on new stuff. The third time I saw it, I think it's going to be several watches yeah, and I'm still going to be picking up on new stuff from this movie. There was so much happening. Uh, and it was just, it was just great. I just, I really liked it. Um, so Evan, now what are your thoughts? So I'm the grumpy one. Yeah, you're the grumpy grumpy. one. Oh, dang it. I'm always the grumpy one. Well, he's totally going to change his outlook now. Yeah. All right, well, I got to start, and I have to echo what you guys said, to if if I had to give a one-sentence reaction, it would be, I loved it. I really did. Um, I thought, and I want to especially echo what Derek said, if you look at it from an overall story perspective of 11 years and 22 movies it was the perfect ending like it was just it was beautiful it was a beautiful ending um what i was had said to derek and what i would say again is that if i look at this movie in a vacuum and i don't think about any of the other stuff i there were some things that just didn't really do it for me uh for one i felt like the the tone of the movie especially in the first hour to hour and a half didn't match up with the tone of the trailers that they like have been setting and setting this up to for a year. So I went in thinking that this was going to be like a pretty somber movie and I don't have a problem with Marvel's. Well, most of the time I don't have a problem with Marvel's funny and you know, their humor and the quips and blah, blah, blah. Uh, but there was just more of it in this in Endgame that I was expecting. And it just, to me felt a little off. Um, I mean, I can get I, it. Can like, I, can I, inter- can I interject for a second? Yeah. Okay, so as far as like you're talking probably about the first third of the movie, probably right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I like I I've been thinking about that because there were a lot of quips and stuff, but I think I think most of it was Ant Man. You know what I mean? Most of it was Paul mm-hmm. Rudd, and if you look at his character, that's very in character for him. Or it was him oh, yeah. and Rocket. You know, and yeah. And so I I I do agree. Like sometimes it felt like, well, maybe this should be more somber, but he's never been a somber, like Scott's Scott Lang's never been a somber dude. Ever. Well, and he wasn't, so he wasn't just there for it. Keep, either. keep going. But I just wanted to interject that. It just popped yeah, in my head. No, yeah, so I, I just, and I get it. I, I didn't think it was too out of place for the character. Um, but maybe, yeah, maybe the tone could have been a little more somber, a little less jokey, but yeah. And uh, like to some degree it fit because of the time skip, right? Um, five years had passed, not for us, but for them. And I mean, obviously it's a huge event that we can't even fathom because it hopefully would never, nothing like that would ever happen in real life. But, uh, you know, it's still five years down the road and people move on. So maybe, you know, there's going to be some of that back in the world. But for us, it was like, 
well, isn't this supposed to still be sad? Like half of the people on earth and in the whole universe are gone. Uh, so that was a little off for me. Um, I didn't really like the, the initial conflict with Thanos just kind of felt weird to me too. I don't know. Like I just, there's been other shows or movies. I can't think of them off the top of my head, but there's been other ones that have done that where you have like this big bad guy. Uh, and then the, the, the like ending with him is kind of anticlimactic, right? I mean, they just go, they find him, he's half dead and they finish him off. To me, it was kind of like a slap in the face. Like this is the dude that just beat everybody in the last movie. And now that's it. Um, now I will say that as the movie went on, I came to appreciate that moment because it kind of set up Thor for his, his, they kind of set up Thor's character arc for the whole movie, right? Because, uh, his attitude throughout the whole thing was like, well, I killed Thanos, but it was too late. I, I failed. And that kind of set the whole fat Thor into motion. And so I kind of came around to that idea, but just like, this is me saying at the time, as I was watching the movie, I was like, why are they doing this? And then it cut to black and I was like, don't do a time skip. Don't do a time skip. And then it said five years later and I was like, Oh, why? But um, I don't know. I think that was just my initial thoughts. And then, as I've said, if you take the whole movie into account and then especially the whole, uh, set of movies into account, I, I loved it. I thought it was great. So, um, those are my thoughts. That's kind of, I'm all over the place, but that's my initial thoughts. Uh, so maybe like Derek said, maybe we can dive a little bit into another one of the things that I didn't really like. And it's not, it's just something that I don't like in any movie and that's time travel. Um, I knew there was going to be some time shenanigans in this because of the time stone and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just get so like analytical when I'm watching um, movies with time travel because especially like the divergent timeline things because I start to think about like, well, that doesn't make sense. They just changed the past and like they say they're going to go back and fix it. But wouldn't that just diverge another one? And how many branches are they going to make here? My mind just starts going crazy with that. So that's <laughs> that's where I'm going with that. Um, so your alien brain can't yeah. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I don't know. It just like it, it makes it harder for me to suspend, you know. No, I, I understand because there's a timeline without Thanos now also. I mean, right. Because there's a past Thanos that came and now there's not one in, in whatever timeline that they did all that, the shenan- the time heisting shenanigans in. Right. So uh, what happens in that timeline? That's a good question. <laughs> that's a good question. And, you know, maybe maybe it's uh, the thing is, these are based off comic books, obviously. And that's like a big thing in comics, right, is multiple universes and multiple timelines. And, and then you can you can have you can have a comic series in this timeline and a comic series in this timeline, but I don't know if that works as well for movies. I mean, could we see other movies in alternate timelines? Maybe. Could we see some of these TV shows that are starting up in alternate timelines? Probably. Probably, uh, but I don't think they'll ever address that. I don't, you know, I don't think there's a necessity to address that it's in a different timeline per se. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my thought on time travel. So to swing it back to the, to the happy things I like side, uh maybe we should talk about some things that we enjoyed in the movie so um do you guys have like a a favorite part that stands out to you ryan you kind of mentioned the embrace how about you derek uh it's two two part uh one of them i know was one of your favorite parts so i'll let you talk about it but i when everyone came through the portals and everyone was showing up and cap goes avengers assemble i like got emotional it was it was the coolest 
moment to see every hero there and for them to all step through. And the fact that the fact that cap was ready to take on Thanos by himself, he Mm -hmm. knew he was beaten. He knew he was, he was done and he stood back up and he was ready to just go for it. Well, I love, love he was never going to stop the throwback to the first captain America when he gets back up off the ground when he's this Uh scrawny little kid. Yep. Mm. Yep. And he was just going to do it. And then Sam comes through. Oh yeah. On your left. uh, so good oh my god ah oh, dude yeah. I'm, just, I'm getting goosebumps right i know now just me too about yeah. it. it was <laughs> so the, the, oh, that was every, that was everything for me so when i that was of, my favorite moment the internet ruined my brain um when when they had like all the heroes like going into the main battle like was it the first or second avengers when they had like all the memes about like where they could fit more more heroes onto the screen I don't know if I saw that one, <laughs> but there was like they, somebody like put a bunch of red circles all over the screen and said, well, we could have fit somebody here, here, here. Oh here. yeah. <laughs> like that's kind of, I, I laughed a little bit. I chuckled to myself. I was outside of the movie for just a second because of all the portals popping up because yeah, of all the people and all the portals. And that's it just funny. made me laugh. That's sorry. Funny. I didn't mean to interrupt what no, your favorite part of the movie was. Yeah, you're good. No, I, I, that's a good one, Derek. I part definitely got me kind of like pretty emotional too. And, the payoff because he they never said avengers assemble in any of the other movies right they always teased it no. but never said it is am i right or not right, right yeah uh so to finally get it it was such a good payoff and i think that kind of goes back to what i'm talking about to where if you take all these other movies into account it was so good because there were so many nods to the other movies like on your left was a nod to winter soldier um obviously they had the whole scene in new york which was great we got this some of the behind the scenes part of new york oh my gosh that was, that so, was good. so cool that was so cool yeah <laughs> Um, but the, the uh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, but uh, my favorite part, if I had to pick one favorite part, and it, I told Derek and I told my wife after the movie, this is probably like one of my favorite cinematic moments, period, just ever. And that is when Thanos has Thor pinned down, he's got Stormbreaker, he's got the axe pressed to his chest, and then all of a sudden, Thor's hammer comes out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh, that's cool! Thor's hammer is protecting him." I didn't know it could do that. I thought he had to call it, and yep. then it like swings back, and Cap catches it. Oh man, that, that, was, was, that amazing. was amazing! That was a, so a, a roar went up through our yes, theater. Yes, absolutely. Happened. Yep. Yeah. So good. So cool. So cool. Oh man! And th- even that, even that is a callback because Cap yeah. like was able to wiggle it a little bit, you know, in in the past and. Yeah. yeah, and it, Thor uh, Thor says, "I knew it." Yep. And, uh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then oh, also, it yeah. gave us that uh, the <laughs> the joke later on in the middle of the fight when when Cap yeah, had the axe and <laughs> Thor had the hammer, and he's like, "You get the small one." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and that's and that's another big homage to the comics too, because Cap does wield Thor's hammer mm-hmm. um, at several different points. So that was that was kind of nice to see. They they did a lot of great things. Um, that that relate back to the comics uh one of my favorites was uh well i mean this was this was a throwback to to winter soldier as well uh when caps in the elevator oh, and he's yeah. trying he's trying to avoid the fight <laughs> and he says hail hydra which was hilarious but it also is perfect because uh secret empire which i was talking about uh there was a lot of controversy because at the end of one of the issues like before secret empire started we found out that cap was hydra and he said hail hydra and people were pissed. Like yeah. people were boycotting Marvel and everything because Cap said "Hail Hydra," and so I thought it was great that they put that in the movie. And they yeah, also worked. It, I thought it was just it was hilarious how he did that too. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. And the scene was just like, it was almost like frame for frame leading up or exactly the same from Winter yes. Soldier. And I was like, okay, so I got to say, as they were going back in time, that's when I started to, even though I don't really like time travel, that's when I started to get into the movie more and enjoy it more. But one thought that went through my head as they're doing that, as they're going back is why are we getting a clip show in a movie? Like, cause it felt like a clip show. <laughs> Right, it but did, then but I loved yeah. it. Yeah, it was yeah. really good, and especially when they started showing behind the scenes and stuff. And so, anyway, they they were showing the elevator scene, and, and I was like, the elevator scene was pro- is one of my favorite scenes. Also, I love that in yeah. Winter Soldier. So they're showing that again. I was like, okay, okay, cool. This is a callback to that. I I can dig it. But then when he, yeah, when he instead of fighting, when he says Hail Hydra, that was that was good. That was funny. It was great. And then when Cap fought himself. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that was great, and the America's ass line. Um, <laughs> that was one that of the was best funny. Lines of the whole movie, <laughs> and then when he when he defeats himself and he's lying on the ground and he goes, "That is America's ass." It was <laughs> just, just great. Yeah, I saw online people wanted a so when when Cap first sees himself, he he says a, a four letter word, I believe, and uh, I saw people on the internet wanting the old Cap to say language. <laughs> <laughs> he unfortunately didn't but uh it's still still kind of funny uh so the other the other good scene i thought that was a callback to an older movie was uh when they go back to uh i can't remember the planet's name now where peter quill where star lord does the heist and they they're playing the music and they show him dancing and stuff but then they cut to who was it war machine and nebula is that who it was yeah, or, yeah. yeah. just yeah. listening to him yeah singing. just <laughs> it's like that what was an idiot. so good that was good too Oh, yeah. I mean, there. I say some of the humor felt off, but honestly, a lot of the humor was really good, though. There was some really good moments, and um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. But there were also some pretty, pretty tough moments. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, obviously, it kind of starts with the uh, the soul stone scene. That was a pretty rough one, right? I I teared up four different times in this movie. It was ridiculous. Yeah. The soul stone scene was rough. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I mean, I love both those characters, but I thought it was going to be Clint. I did mm-hmm. not think it was going to be Nat. Yep. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was rough and it was really cool to see, you know, like they weren't holding back. They no. like when Clint shot that arrow and knocked her like they were not holding back they were they were going to sacrifice each one of them wanted to sacrifice themselves for the other yeah and the thing about it is it's kind of a heavy it's like a really heavy topic and it's pretty dark like they were fighting each other to see who was going to commit suicide but i think it was done in a way that was pretty good and like i mean you felt the the heaviness of it but it wasn't like like super dark i guess um well and so this brings up some questions now too because i did not expect uh, Natasha to to die in this movie. So now oh, yeah. we we know we're getting a Black Widow movie. So it has to be a prequel, right? I mean, that's pretty much the only thing we can assume. I guess, unless it's. I mean, it could be. It could be in the like. Well, I mean, it could be in the same timeline that Loki has the Tesseract and just boots True. out of nowhere. True. So. Right. So, well, I mean, and they talked about was it Budapest? Did they talk about? So maybe yeah. maybe we'll get to see Clint and Natasha in Budapest and see what, what's going on there. Yeah. Cause that was um, a callback too to the first Avengers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Um, but yeah. And then Ryan, you mentioned Loki. We don't know where Loki's at. 
So yeah, that means that maybe Tom Hiddleston's back in the MCU, and I'm pumped about that. I love Loki. Well, isn't there a Loki show? I thought there was going to be a Loki yeah, show. Yeah, I thought there was yes, going to be a Loki show. We, we didn't. We all assumed it was going to be prequel, but maybe oh. it's not well, going to be. A prequel. No, I, I think I it's going to be alternate be. timeline. Yeah, it's an alternate. That's the start of their alternate timelines. Yeah. They can, I mean, the the benefit if you just shut your alien brain off of <laughs> alternate timelines is they can literally do anything they want now. <laughs> Right. Well, and I, I, I just heard I just heard a rumor. Uh, so, WandaVision with Scarlet Witch and the Vision. I don't uh, like that name. I know I hate it, but uh, <laughs> hopefully Elizabeth, that's just a working title. Elizabeth Olsen like hinted at something about like it being set in the 1950s. So maybe that's going to be alternate timeline as well. I, I, don't I don't know. We just really don't know where we're headed with all that. Yeah. Hmm. Well, because the thing is, you know, we kind of expected some of these people to be back and. I mean, obviously, the people that got snapped, I think we all thought would be back. But I guess I kind of thought everybody would be back. I thought if they're going to go back in time, they would like, they would change it so that Loki would still be alive and Gamora would still be alive and Vision would still be alive. But as it stands in the main timeline, all three of those are still dead. No, Gamora, Gamora's alternate, uh, her her past self that came through. I yeah. think she is still out there because you see well, at the end of the movie yeah. when Star-Lord is searching for her, it says yeah, searching. It's her, it's her and, past self. Yeah, her past her. self, which I think that's going to be the center of Guardians 3. I think yeah, that's okay. it's going to be the searching for Gamora and and um, that whole thing again. I think you mean that's going to be the center of Asgardians of the Galaxy. Asgardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> oh, my, that has to and be the it, I mean, if, if Chris Hemsworth signs on for Guardians of the Galaxy – Oh, oh my god. He has to, right? They yeah. set it up. They, that's the way they set it up. They, yeah. It would be a real letdown if they were just like, oh, and now we let Thor off the ship and now we're I, gonna do a Guardians movie. I think they he's gonna be I would really to. hate yeah. that. Yeah. I would really hate that. <laughs> but yeah, that's a good point. I think I mean I guess I kind of assume that Gamora went back to her own time, but they never showed it, so you're probably right. Because I mean we saw Cap go back to deliver the stones and Gamora clearly wasn't with her, so Yep. Yeah, I'd say you're right. She's probably not back in that timeline. Yeah, that's how we get Gamora to present day, I think. Interesting. Or she comes back, air quotes. Mm-hmm. Also, I doubt it would happen, but if Thor isn't in the next Guardians, I want him to be Fat Thor still. No, <laughs> I was I actually, I was actually, I did too, but I was kind of disappointed. Like when he zapped his armor back on with lightning, I was hoping like all the fat was just gone. Yeah. To me, but it would have added. It would have added. That would, I thought that would have cheapened it. They might I don't have know. I, see, I, would, I thought it would have added. To it. I, I was, I was it. just really worried. I was like, really worried was that we were going to get. He wanted to be fat. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was really worried that we were just going to get like a montage, and it was just going to be Thor doing a couple push-ups, and then he was going to have his bod back. And I'm glad that they didn't do that because <laughs> I, I would have. I would have. Yeah. <laughs> but I really uh, wished he could have just zapped the fat off with lightning. That would have been cool. <laughs> Can I go back to my grumpy self for a second? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. The fat Thor scene went on too long. The Fortnite stuff? Nope. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I it was funny. It was a smidge too long, but I, it made me laugh, so it was okay. I yeah, guess. the Fortnite joke was good. I was glad to see. Um, oh, I can't remember their names, but it's voiced by Taika Waititi. Yes, uh, but yeah, I was glad to see those characters back. I was um, too, but I just I thought that scene dragged a little bit when they had so much stuff they had to cover. I don't know. Yeah, Evan doesn't like levity. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. That's probably true. <laughs> Oh man. Well, I think we've been um avoiding the the big one, the big yeah. sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh that was that was rough, but I, I, when Iron Man 
when 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 Thanos said I am inevitable and Iron Man said I am Iron Man and snapped. <laughs> oh my god. Goosebumps right now. Uh, it was and it, it was the perfect ending for Tony Stark. It was yeah. perfect. Yep. It, it was absolutely perfect. He got to live he got to live and have a family and then he got to to sacrifice himself to save the entire entirety of humanity because yeah. Thanos was going to destroy the earth and not just half of the earth. He was going to destroy everyone. And mm. that was the perfect ending for Tony. And then when Pepper comes over and tells him that it's okay, he can rest. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. So true. to be a grumpy old man for just a second, I thought the scene with him and his dad drug on too long. But then now, like when, once I saw the end of the movie, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they were definitely setting that all up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good scene too. I thought. I mean, I can see it going on a little long, but uh, I thought it was cool that he had a chance to like kind of get that redemption with his dad. Um, and I, yeah, I I think what they did with Tony was perfect. I mean, you look at his character has gone through quite a bit. I mean, obviously he was the first the first character in MCU. He started this whole ride, and you know, you look at you look at movies like the first Avengers where him and Cap are having that argument about like you're never one to lay down a line for somebody else and he says, No, I would just cut it or whatever. And then at the end of the movie he ends up kind of sacrificing himself. He he lives through it obviously, but um, you know, so it's kinda like it seems like his character's gone full circle there, but then there's other times where he kind of snaps back to his old self and is still kind of selfish and thinking about himself, especially with the Ultron thing. Um, but I feel like this movie really, it set him up so that he had the excuse to be selfish. He could have said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go back in time. I know that a lot of people's lives are completely messed up, but my life is good. I'm married. I have a child. Like this is the best place I've ever been in. But, um, but he did it anyway, anyway. And like he knew throughout that whole fight that it was probably going to be it for him, but he went through with it anyway. So, and when Doctor Strange looks over at him and holds up one finger, oh yeah, oh man, oh, man. yeah, that was yep. good. Also, slight <sighs> uh, slight comment on that. I didn't see this myself. I'll have to go back and watch. But I saw somebody said on Reddit that uh, when he did that, you could see his hand shaking a little bit, which is really like it's kind of a callback or just kind of a testament to how good. Benedict Cumberbatch is because Dr. Strange's hands remember are all screwed up. And so uh-huh. like he apparently still shakes a little bit when he's when he's acting, when he's playing as Dr. Strange, like he shakes his hands uh, a little bit. That's awesome. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I mean and then so I mean I teared up, but I openly wept when we got the uh final chapter for Cap. Oh man. When Cap got his happy ending. And oh man, I am feeling it. Every time we talk about this, I'm feeling it right now again. I know. Like, yeah, I mean, everybody was, expected Cap to die, right? But yep. I, this couldn't have been a more perfect way for him to finish his story. I think it was. Yeah, he got, he got so here's my question about that whole thing, though. I'm I'm not going to complain about that. I'm not going to go grumpy old man because I thought it was beautiful. Um, I I loved how it ended and all of that but how exactly did it work like he he stayed back in time right and he he lived out his life and all that stuff and then he was on that bench but wouldn't he be in an alternate timeline or did he have did he have he came came back he snapped he kept whatever his means of coming back were available and then 
then came back. Okay. He came back. I mean, I, that's my quick take on how he came back. Yeah. So he's not like, I don't know. And I, I had seen some theories too on how they had been setting this up since Winter Soldier. But uh, how did cause he Pe- that's cause Peggy, Well, because uh, in, in Winter Soldier, like Peggy Carter has uh, had a husband and had kids, but they never show a picture of the husband. And the thought is that 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 was cap the whole time but that doesn't work though that's why i hate timelines no it It doesn't work work. you can't have two caps in the same timeline when he went back in time he split off like the whole theory behind marvel the time travel that they established is you can't change the past if you change the past it splits off and you don't change your current timeline you know what i mean so that's that's why i don't like it i'm just i'm i'm I'm, i've gone it back into grumpy old man now Well, anyway, it was the perfect ending for Captain America. It was the perfect ending. Here's here's my headcanon. Here's what happened. They didn't change the timeline. It all still played out exactly how we saw it. Peggy was married to some random dude in that timeline. But in the timeline that Cap went back to and then diverted, uh, they got married and lived their life. He was probably still a hero. He probably still did heroic things because he was still Captain America. He can't change that part of his character. And maybe he even used his knowledge of the future to prevent some of that stuff from happening. Who knows? But anyway, then when he was old, he met, I don't know, uh, Tony or uh, uh, what's originally Ant-Man, Hank Pym, uh, met him and had him send them back to his original reality. And that's when the handoff happened. That's my headcanon. I don't know. That's just my take. Uh, but overall, I will, I will agree with you, Derek. It was, it was the perfect end another thing i mean to lighten it up just a smidge another thing that i thought was kind of funny that made me laugh is when um spider-man gave the gauntlet to captain marvel and said are you sure you can handle this thing and then like uh, uh, i want to gripe about it too at the same time like then like all the women came to like protect Spider-Man, which I thought was really funny, and I thought it yeah. was really cool, and I'm like, this is going to be awesome, like, what they're going to do with it, because it, like, plays on, like, the damsel in distress, but it's Peter Parker. Yeah, uh, I love that I, scene. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was great, but then they're like, okay, yeah, like, all of the women come together, and, like, we're going to help her, or she's going to do it, and then she just, like, blasts off and leaves them in the dust. Uh, that was, okay, so I loved the scene. I loved all the women showing up, but... Then yeah, they they were I, like I was we're gonna like, protect what? Captain Marvel and like I she's just like thought there was a the little bit more they could have done with protecting it. yeah like <laughs> they could have passed it between them yeah uh, but but yeah I I thought it was a really cool was scene great, and though. the fact the fact that there are so many um, females like superheroes now like they they had enough they had enough women to make that scene not seem lame you know uh-huh. what I mean like that's awesome for where we are in the MCU yep um, I thought it was great. Uh, yeah, I, I, but I did think it was kind of funny that they're like, we're all here to protect you. And then she just flew right through. Pew! Like, yeah. <laughs> I still loved it though. I felt like it was yeah, super, it like, was cool. oh, it was yeah. super comic booky. Like comic books are yeah, all about those great. type of team ups and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It was great. It was I'm great. all aboard the girl power train. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It was awesome. Um, one, one other thing I wanted to mention too, just kind of a little, uh, peek at probably what's to come is, uh, I think we got a hint at Namor coming to the MCU. So in in the scene where um, Natasha is talking to um, Okoye and War Machine and Nebula, and they're all holograms, um, they talk about uh, there was a 
a earthquake in the Atlantic. And immediately my ears perked up because I was like, ooh, that's Namor in Atlantis. Uh, hmm. And yeah, I just uh, I thought that was pretty great. Um, yeah, I didn't quite catch that. So I was going to add either. Glad you brought that so, up. So I mean, um, I knew. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Well, and and so Namor. Uh, well, and it's cool that Okoye said it, too, because in the comics, Atlantis and Wakanda have been at war for a long time. Like they they just they go to war a lot. And Namor is kind of the antihero. He's kind of a jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. It, I, I thought it was neat. Um, I think we're definitely going to see Namor in Black Panther 2. That's just my guess. You can write it down now, but I think that's where it's headed. Nice. I'd be on board. I'd be on board with that. Yeah. I mean, there's so many places they can go from here. It's basically like an open, you know, open slate, I guess. Uh, it'll be really interesting. We talked about this in a previous pod, but it, now that we've seen it, it'll be really interesting to see how they bring in some of the characters they've gotten the rights to now, X-Men specifically. Um, I don't know. I don't think we got anything in this movie that really hinted towards that unless I missed something, but yeah, we'll kind of have to see where it goes. Yeah. There, yeah. There's so many play. I mean, there's so many things they can do. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much to unpack from this movie. That was like the first thing that Derek said when we asked him what he thought is like, he's just like, there's a lot to process. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still processing. Like, I I'm know, still, well, like thoughts keep popping into my head. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you too. It's, it's something we'll have to go see a few more times and I'm, I, I'm tentatively planning to go watch it again. And I think, I think it will be, I think now that I have the full context, like I won't get as distracted by the ending or sorry, the beginning, not being exactly what I was expecting, which I think is what kind of threw me off in the first place. So I, I have a feeling that I'm going to like it more the second time, which again, isn't to say I didn't like it because I absolutely loved it. But uh, yeah, I'm excited for the second viewing. Yeah, me too. Oh, also, I'd like to say that I called it sort of technically with the Hulk, um, Professor oh, Hulk. We haven't even talked about that yet. So I, I w- he did stay the Hulk permanently, sort of. Yeah, Professor good call. Hulk. Yeah, that was Professor awesome. Hulk. I thought that was an amazing part of the movie. We I thought even talked that was about it so cool. And then yeah. when he did the selfie with the kids. Oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah, was that was great. funny. Oh, my God. So good. <laughs> so good. Also, oh. Ron- Ronan. Oh, oh yeah, we didn't even talk about love, Ronan. Love so that'll Ronan. be that'll be fun moving forward. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess uh, that's probably about all I have on the. I mean, that's it's not really all I have, but I think we've we've hit a lot of the major points. Uh, anything else you guys wanted to bring up? No, it's I good. think it's for good. me, I've hit about everything. It's a good movie. It's very good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, cool. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, we've we've said it before. We really enjoyed this movie, and we hope that you did, too. So um, kind of like what I did with Game of Thrones, we've actually made a a channel in the, our Discord server. Um, so if you guys are wanting to, to talk to us about Endgame, uh, further this conversation, we'd love to talk about it. Um, obviously, you know, we just talked about it for, I don't know, like half an hour or more, and it's something that we love to talk about. So... Uh, if you have any thoughts, let us know. We have that channel in Discord. It's it's marked as spoilers, so hopefully uh, people, other people in the channel that haven't seen it yet won't get spoiled. But um, because of that, it's marked as not safe for work. Don't worry, it's actually fine. But it's just a way to prevent uh, notifications from going out. So if you're interested, join our Discord. Check out that channel. Let us know what you think. Also, you can send us some topic suggestions there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. 
and we would love to uh, answer any questions that you have about anything nerdy. Uh, and uh, we thank you all for listening again, and we hope you have a good couple weeks, and we will catch you next time. Uh-huh.